0: It's time to swarm the 402 Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks. These guys are brave They're Hawkeyes
3: living in enemy territory Listen, these guys are way past their prime, but they're still Hawkeyes They're spreading the Hawkeye height to all of Nebraska
0: The Frost Advisory is cancelled! Corn Husker? More like Corn Sucker.
2: Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go! Welcome back to the Nebraska Hawksness, your Hawkeye Oasis, located in a nasty little Nebraska desert. The boys are back. The bye week is over. We're not having to worry about a Hawkeyeless weekend. I gotta tell you, it was fun watching games, but it just a little, there's just a big piece missing. When you know knowing the hawks aren't, I mean, it's just not as exciting so um we're gonna get right on into it here um i exciting news we have another sponsor that has joined our um <laughs> our team of sponsors and uh so this is gonna be our week seven results the sponsor reached out and wants to wanted to, wanted to sponsor the um the results every week that Matt goes over Matt's doing such a good job talking about the results and getting people excited that they want to hear it so um it's actually a plumbing company uh so the uh week seven results are brought to you by duty calls duty calls your local plumber so in the area mm-hmm. do duty, mm-hmm. duty calls mm-hmm. so that is the newest sponsor are you guys excited about that i'm excited <laughs> That's a good one I think. I think that's it's nice to add to our portfolio of sponsors. So
3: I think I, I, I got to take a break. Duty calls.
0: <laughs> hey.
2: It, it happens. <laughs> so, duty calls. If you have a plumbing emergency, reach out to Duty Calls. Okay. Um and then their their motto is it's our duty to clean your pipes, Duty Calls. All right, guys. Yeah. All right. With w- the results from last week, Matt, I did. I think I did horrible. Uh, I don't know about all of you, but where did we end up? Uh, you
1: and Marty actually got three out of five right. I was only two out of five, so you did better than I did. Mm. Um, Marty's still leading the way at 61%. Okay. Uh, Kyle's at 52%. Adam's at 49% and I'm at 46%. So all of my work that I put into this and getting the results out to everybody has made me slip in my picking ability, apparently. So
2: uh, Kyle took Iowa having a bye week literally. He took last week off, so had some uh, real estate things to tend to. Right. Um Kyle took a bye week (laughs) yeah so that's okay but Kyle before we we get into everything because we want to Brian Ferenc had the press conference this week that that a lot of people have strong opinions on if you haven't watched it get on YouTube and look it up um but before we get into that going through a bye week from a player's perspective Kyle um what's the preparation look like there um do you, is it mostly rest focus? Do you do a lot of film study? You know, do you get a week off? Um, how, how does things change and what's your mindset as a player?
0: Well, <clears throat> my mindset as a player for uh, bye weeks, I, I hated them because I felt like you, know, you hit a stride. Whatever's happening in the season, um, a lot of people think that it's a good time to kind of readjust and take a look at things. And, you know, you would think if you're doing poorly that you would take advantage of that extra week of prep. So in my mind, what I remember, you know, it was a, it was a good balance of rest, um, you know, still going kind of full throttle preparing like we have a game, but then not having a game, obviously. And, you know, it's, it, it's tough when you incorporate all the uh, strength and conditioning, um, you know, keeping guys at peak, you know, peak shape, you don't want to take too much time off. Um, but, you know, hopefully this team is taking this time to just, you know, reassess the logistics of their operation. Um, I hope everything's well, you know. I just hope that they can come back, you know, stronger. Um, consider this like a second half of the season, you know.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely. I I don't think it can hurt. Definitely, especially given the defense a break. Um, it it just again, like you said, it's selfishly as a fan, that comes up and you're like, oh man, I'm just not that excited about today as I normally am, you know. So. It, it, it was good though. It's good for the defense to be able to do. Um, did you guys get a chance, uh, to watch the Brian Farence press conference at all that aired Tuesday?
0: Some of it, yeah. yeah. Some, Some of it, of yeah.
2: It. You guys did. Okay. <laughs> so I, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on what you thought from the answers or lack thereof, of uh, from what he said. Um, if he doesn't run for political office after this, I would be surprised and not to be disrespectful, but he did not answer any questions at all. Uh, everything he talked, he talked around it and when asked what the problem was on offense, he, he, he's like, I don't know. If you know, tell me like essentially he had no clue where the problem lied. And one of my favorite quotes from the whole thing was when he was asked about why don't you guys at least try Padilla at quarterback just to see what kind of difference it could spark something for the team we're not going to make a change just for the sake of changing and well and the reporter said well Padilla's more mobile at least you know with offensive line struggles he can get out of the pocket and run and he went into well we're not going to turn this into a whole backyard football thing and you know a guy that can run out better and things like that it's like what And then he started talking about, you know, accuracy throwing down the field and, you know, it just, it it went off in a rabbit hole where I'm just like, I I pulled myself out when I was listening. like, wait, he's not, he's just not even addressing the questions whatsoever. Uh, Matt, what did you think when, when you watched it?
1: Yeah. It's, it's irritating to see him dodge all the questions. It's irritating to see him not willing to make any change. Um, any position on the entire team, you're getting pulled, you're getting benched if you mess up or aren't performing like you should. But apparently the quarterback position is a different story. Yeah. Um, I agree with that reporter. If you have, you know, a offensive line that is struggling a little bit and you don't have as much time to throw the ball. How could a mobile quarterback not help in that situation? It's just, you're not turning it into a backyard football game. Padilla played last year, and he played pretty well when he was in there. Yeah. I mean, I thought he I thought he did well, barring the half he was in. I think in the bowl game he was he had the flu that week, and they still played him on that in that bowl game, and and he struggled. But I think it was probably because of the flu hangover he had. So, I mean, <laughs> it's. It's frustrating to even hear that. Yeah. I hope in this bye week they were able to practice their routes and timing and get some things you know down and maybe get the offensive line in sync with each other. But if nothing changes, then we're going to see the same results So yeah. we've seen all first part of the football season. I mean, you're going into Ohio State, and you're not going to do anything?
2: yeah well this staff is just doesn't have any urgency to make any changes one two i think they're afraid to because they never have before so you know that that's another huge thing and you know marty i didn't know if you guys have heard this too but the the nebraska message boards are blowing up that keegan johnson's transferring he's not going to probably play hardly at all the rest of the year and that he's gone so i don't know how much truth there is to that but uh There seems to be – usually when there's smoke, there's a little bit of fire somewhere. Um, Marty, what did you think of the press conference and and everything that Brian had to say?
3: Well, to me, he sounded like a guy that's trying to get through the next six games somehow, some way, without answering any questions. Uh, I I absolutely believe Brian Ferentz has six games to go and he won't be a Hawkeye after that. I think uh, Kirk is not going to fire his son. I think it's going to be an amicable – Separation. It's going to be a win-win type of thing where Brian finds another job yeah. somewhere or, you know, I, I just think it's, he's just trying to get through the season. And, and I, he didn't answer because I don't think he has the answers. He's no. not an offensive coordinator. I don't think he has the answers. He does not he's not a problem solver. You know, yeah. he, he, he inherited this job and, you know, I, I just don't think he's long, long for the Hawkeye world.
2: Yeah. Kyle, uh, what are your thoughts? You know, you're a little bit closer to the situation cause you've known Brian personally and had a, had a relationship with him, but what were your thoughts from that press conference?
0: Um, well, I actually agree with Marty, but, uh, with pretty much everything, I, I think that he, you know, he's obviously very passionate about the Hawkeyes and, and his position and what he's in depth, endeav- you know, what he's, uh, what he's doing. And, um, but, uh, you know, he, um, you never really know, again, like I've said it before, what's, what's going on behind the scenes. But also, it looked to me like he didn't really know, like when he was asked by the reporter, what do you think, you know, the problem is or whatever. You know, yeah. there are many questions like that. And like, I don't know. Do you know? And, you know, that was him sarcastically being media trained, too, you know, to kind yeah. of uh, twist things around. I mean, those guys, dude, they, they go through all that training. We had to go through a little bit of it, some coaching so you don't s- say the wrong thing. But you know, I do know that the Iowa football the coaching staff there <clears throat> they were very when i when I was there, they were very um, you know tell the media one thing we 're going to do what we do here behind closed doors, not necessarily lying or hiding, just like kind of deflecting you know not letting it distract us um, so that 's what I sensed you know and it's it 's tough for me to see Brian in his position because. Again, he blocked for my field goals, you know? I played with him, and I love him, you know? But uh, at the same time, I understand, and he definitely understands the predicament that he's in and the position. Um, I just hope everything gets back to normal. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And you
2: know, Matt and I've met Brian on multiple occasions and man, he's a great guy. Yeah. He, a great guy. he was so cool and so nice. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I told Matt, like after we met him, I'm like, I just felt like we were talking to a future head coach. Like mm-hmm. he just, he was polished. He was just very genuine, made eye contact with you. One of those guys that when he's talking to you, makes you feel like you're the most important person in the room. Mm-hmm. And it's not I I know it's not fun for myself or for Matt I can speak for Matt on this to see him failing and struggling because he's you know you see guys like that that you really like as a human and as a really cool person you want him to do well and not only that but you know you're the offensive coordinator for our favorite program so we desperately want to see you do well and you know the 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 fact of the matter is if he he would have done well, I don't think any of us would have had any problem whatsoever with him eventually becoming the head coach and showing, you know, that he's capable of doing that. But, you know, it just it hasn't worked out. It's not to say that he's not a good coach, but he just, you know, either hasn't been put in a position where he can succeed or being a coordinator is just not for him, which, you know, doesn't even necessarily mean you're not a good coach either. You might just not be a great play caller. So, but, um, you know, and one thing, and I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this too. Um, you know, especially you, Marty, um, somebody brought this up to me and that has, um, just some connections to the program and, and said that, uh, you know, with coach Doyle, even you can see a major difference on that offensive line. He used to work with that offensive line a lot. And if you, and then the person said, have you noticed that when he left, the offensive line took a severe dip and has not come back from it at all. And, and, and on top of it, missing Dylan Doyle. You see, you see his son, Dylan Doyle, killing it at Baylor? I mean, he is having – the kid can play. I mean, he, he they call him their Swiss Army knife. They use him all over the field. He's an amazing football player. So, Marty, I want to know if you what you think from the situation, from being a fan for so many years, with your experience as a fan. Do you think Coach Doyle being gone is hugely affecting this offensive line or have we just not had great coaching there?
3: I think it absolutely is. Uh, you know, I think you, you can tell they're not as strong. Um, uh, they're getting tired. They're getting tired. And really, they shouldn't be getting tired because they're not out there that much.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: They're out there 3-0 and sitting back down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Doyle, I think he was uh, he was a great coach. Yeah, um, and you heard yeah, during the whole controversial part of that when he when he left, um, you heard he was he was tough. The players all said that he was tough. Didn't matter whether you were white or black, you he was tough on everybody.
0: Yeah, well,
3: well, you know, Kyle's I'm got sure. stories.
0: Yeah, yes, I do.
2: <laughs> I'm sure he does. Oh. <laughs> and the majority of everybody I talk to, I would say. I'd say from who I've talked to is hundred percent lines exactly up with what Kyle said. I've talked to a ton of former players that we've interviewed on this podcast and most of them, they'll, they'll say how they feel on the podcast, but when they get off, you know, and that's why we're never going to name any names ever um, because, you know, all we want those guys to always trust us and they put trust in us to, you know, come on, tell us how they feel and things like that. But they all said the same thing with coach Doyle. He was tough. He made them the man he was that they were. He, you know, he just broke them and built them back up into a stronger, more resilient person. And that football team just is not as tough since he's left. And I think you can notice it, Kyle, what are your thoughts? And I mean, we're totally cool if you throw in a coach Doyle story here because they're always phenomenal. But Um, what do you see?
0: uh well I could tell those stories but they they involve you know language um, <laughs> but uh anyway yeah good times especially at 5 a.m in the morning I I, I signed up for uh, when you're a freshman it's mandatory 05 I don't know if it still is but it was mandatory 5 a.m uh workouts for you it was just to you know keep you on track get you used to the college schedule hey and uh, as you progressed as a uh, upperclassman, you got to pick your morning workout times, and uh, I stuck with five a.m. the entire time, all five, yeah, all four and a half years. Jeez, um, that- but sorry, w- go ahead.
2: No, I saying, I, can't, I couldn't even get up and go to a work at five a.m. yet go work out like that.
0: Yeah. Well, I say this because uh, I was, I loved Coach Doyle. Still love him. He again made me the guy I am today. Uh, you spend more time with your strength conditioning coach than you do any other coach and um but uh i i've noticed i've noticed a huge difference i would go to those 5a and i was never I was never I was never late for a workout um um number one because i was uh i saw this happen so if you showed up late to a workout um with coach doyle uh you, you had to do something called um it's called push the wood and you know the, the old Jacobson Athletic Building, not the new place, but the old one. Um, you had to do twelve laps, so down and back. The, the old gym, I think, was about maybe five or six hundred feet wide. Mm. Um, down and back was one lap, and this was a four by four block of wood that you had to push in the bear crawl position against the friction of the of the rubber floor. Uh-oh. Twelve laps, and then do your workout. Jeez. It was either oh, that. It was either that or a um, hundred um, Turkish get-ups with a 45 pound plate.
2: What's a Turkish get-up? Cause I've heard other players talk about that and they said it's hell.
0: You hold it above your head, you go down, uh, you then do a sit up, you know, all the way to your back. You, some variations involve like a press when you're lying on your back, but then you sit up with it again. Um, and you have to kind of like rock forward and use momentum to get to your feet. And then you press it above the head, man, um, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's a, that, that's a conditioning killer. Um, but the first time I saw as a freshman someone pushing the wood and how devastating it was. I mean, they learned their lesson. They were never late. As soon as I saw that, though, as a freshman, I was never late to any single every, any, any workout ever. That's you know, <coughs> my control. Yeah, man. But uh, Coach Duel, man, he's – yeah. Even the Ray, Coach Ray Braithwaite, the head coach right now, I mean, yeah. I had him. I had him. He was phenomenal too absolutely amazing coach. He really is. But Doyle just had that energy, man, to like get that extra stuff out of you. You, you know, you hated it. You hated to love him and you love to hate him.
2: Tell us a little bit about that. The current strength and conditioning coach. What, what kind of guy is he? Cause we Ray. haven't heard, yeah, we haven't heard much about Ray since he's taken over.
0: Well, you know, it's again, like with, with the Iowa way of just kind of, Hey, let's let the outside kind of do their thing with it and beat this up. We're going to do our own thing here on the inside. Ray was with me when I was a when I was going through Iowa. He stayed with Coach Doyle for a long time. I think he then left and did a stint somewhere else, and then came back, and uh, you know was his long, his longtime assistant. And I was really happy when um, he took over when Coach Doyle left because you know Coach Doyle. I mean, gosh, man, he built you know all these all the, the success of all the teams as well as Coach Doyle built that new facility and that new weight room. And the first time I saw it, I was just blown away. Yeah. Um so, you know, but Coach Ray, he's uh see, I I had him, I got to see him going through his grad school. He was a graduate assistant.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um so I got to see him at his most shy stage where he was brand new, you know, didn't know how to instruct, didn't know how to you know, it's kind of running a military military operation, is, or you know, workout, if you will. Um, you get, you know. Anyway, I got to see him progress through that, and the fact that he's still there, I'm I'm very happy that he's still there. But I just do I just know that he doesn't have the same energy that Coach Doyle did. I mean, he, you know, yeah. his presence too. I mean, Coach Doyle was what six three, six four at the time. Guys, when I played, he was competing in strongman. He was well over three hundred thirty pounds. Well,
2: I just I find it ironic for the allegations that have come out with Coach Doyle that his assistant, who is now the head coach, who happens to be African-American, is his best friend. Yeah, and comes and st- stays with them all the time. They're they hang out together. But why weren't these things ever talked about in the media when Coach Doyle is getting attacked? Well, you know, none of all these great things that he's done for people ever were mentioned. If they were, then, you know, you were politically incorrect. He's done so many good things. But the thing about Coach Doyle, after talking to countless players and talking to you, Kyle, is he wasn't racist. He was an equal opportunity offender. I mean, he went after everybody the same. Oh, yeah. So, um, and we're going to have to get you uh, some WD-40 for that chair, Marty. Sounds like oh. a haunted house door opening. <laughs> <laughs> Who
3: says it's a chair?
2: Eh, true. Those are my knees. Your some,
1: knees? Some of me on this whole thing, too, with how good the defense is and how strong the defense is, you know, you kind of look at that and you're like, man, is it is it strength and conditioning or – is it just how young the offensive line, I did see an article came out um, that we missed some players a few years back, some offensive linemen and those misses, you know, maybe set us back on that offensive line. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure that doesn't help if, you know, because of how good he was.
2: Yeah. And that's a great, that's a great point, Matt. And I, I read that article too, but you know, we've been saying we're young on the offensive line for the last three years. Yeah. And if that's, yeah, the, if, if that's the case, there's something called a transfer portal. Why we refuse <laughs> to bring in an right. upperclassman from – get an upper experienced upperclassman that's grizzled from the MAC, you know, from the Mountain West or something like that. Bring right. them in and, you know, bring in some experience to that line. But, hey, you know, we – we don't. We I used know that, to get
1: JUCO transfers too. What I mean, go after that anymore either. Right? What happened to that? You could get an offensive lineman JUCO transfer. You know, to get that age, that senior presence. I don't know. I mean, there's so many tools out there to prevent that from happening, and just nothing got done.
2: No, but again, I and I realize that he doesn't want to build his program from the transfer portal. And that's understandable. I get get that. You want it to be organic and build them from the ground up. But there's little instances like a quarterback this year or offensive linemen where we're pretty thin and young, you know, maybe an extra wide receiver or two since we had some leave. Like maybe we could have got some from the transfer portal. So maybe I'm hoping they learn their lesson because. We all know Kirk's not going anywhere until he decides to leave. So I hope he learned a lesson. Probably not. He probably didn't learn a lesson. He's going to keep doing Maybe it not. his way because he has no reason to change. So, um, But I just wanted to let you guys know that you each for this ne- next segment have been hired to be athletic director at the University of Iowa for a day. Okay? Follow me into this time portal. We're going to the end of the season. Kirk Ferentz has announced he's retiring, he's moving on. And you are you're the athletic director at the University of Iowa. Now, who are you gonna target? Okay. Who are you gonna go after? Are you you're you don't get to hire some multi million dollar selection committee. You're the athletic director and you're on your own. The middle light delight. Who are gonna be your top three <clears throat> candidates that you're gonna bring into your office and you're gonna woo them? You're gonna whine them and dine them. You're gonna bring them in and get them to sign on that dotted line. <laughs> who you get? Who you getting, Matt? All
1: right, um, I my top candidate, I guess, who I I would think just because it would fit into the Hawkeye program and with them, you know, being tied into the Hawkeye program is Mark yeah.
2: Stoops. Yeah, baby.
1: Kentucky, I mean the, the the dude's killing it there. Um, yeah, and I I just think with his ties to the SEC and those southern areas of recruiting and his I don't know his young demeanor, I just think that'd be an awesome
2: fit for Iowa. And for those of you that don't know, Matt is super charismatic. And like if he gets a, a drink in front of him and he's at a dinner with a client or anyone, <laughs> he's getting them. He's closing the deal. Right. So whoever going he hard. wants, he's gonna get. All right. right. Who's, the next, who's the next one you got, Matt?
1: All right. The next one I, I was looking at, uh Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. Ooh, I never thought of that. You know, the dude in the past three seasons, he's 33 and five at Cincinnati. Yeah. What could he do at Iowa?
2: I mean What was Cincinnati before he got there?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, they were all right, but they weren't what Luke Fickle's done to Cincinnati. I mean, they're joining the Big Twelve, they're making moves, they're winning games, they're playing tough
2: opponents. They're, I mean, they wouldn't be joining the, they wouldn't be joining the Big Twelve if he had had No, no way. No. I
1: mean, just what he's done to that program. It just shocks me. I mean, past three seasons, thirty three and five, that's a hell of a record that's unbelievable Cincinnati. I mean, uh, yeah. So
2: that'd be a, that'd be one. I'd be definitely interviewing for sure. And you then guys better get ready. I don't know that you're going to be able to top this. This is pretty good. <laughs> this
1: is good and then my one that I would say just because of the past performance at Iowa and what he's done year over year, over year, Phil Parker. I mean, it's tough not to try to give him a shot. Yeah. I mean, What he's done with the defense, if he could just get a good offensive coordinator and let him fly, you know, Phil Parker, I think, would be a hell of a guy to get in there, too. So,
0: well,
2: Kyle, you have any experience around Phil?
0: Uh, he, I was actually scared of him more than I was any other (laughs) coach. (laughs) <laughs> Man, he, he That's his, awesome. well you just you just avoided him you know like he had his core groups of uh you know the d-backs and i mean he you know like he really didn't talk to any other player unless uh you know you he loved you for some reason i, I don't know but you know he was the one when i was being recruited uh i remember coming up in the athletic building and uh meeting him for the first time and he pulls me in really close and he just had that that like eagle eye like stare at my face he's like can you kick the ball in the end zone i'm like <laughs> oh, yeah i can I, love it. I, love I can. It. he was like good and then he just walked away didn't even introduce himself um didn't even say his, i didn't even catch his name at the time but you know anyway <laughs> uh, he uh he, he definitely has a presence he has a dominance too i mean he's super intelligent i've sat in, in on some of his meetings just because i was bored as a kicker <laughs> and uh you know he was just it was fun listening to him. You know, he made sense, and he was very strict. And he asked anybody that played for him uh, specifically, uh, he, was a, he was a scary coach, man. All right, Matt. I've been.
2: All right, Marty.
3: You got a I'm not of- very good. Like I'm not very good at this one. So, especially following. <laughs> So, following Matt now.
2: So you're telling us that if you were AD for a day, they'd probably fire you? Probably. Okay. <laughs> After right. day one. Let's hear it, Marty. That's how
3: I, I I Phil Parker, same reasons Matt had, you know, from, from an internal perspective. I think he's probably earned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with a different Stoops. I went with Bob Stoops. Okay. Um. Yeah, he's in the XFL. Uh. He's, he's going to be one of the eight coaches that are coming – coming back to get that thing restarted in 2023 so i don't know what he's doing there after he was you know i know hall of fame with oklahoma and so i think okay. uh, his, his uh he played what d-back uh what did he play at I, I, I believe so yeah yeah uh so you know the history i think bob stoops and I didn't know anybody
2: else, so I just said Lincoln Riley. Whoa. <laughs> he's oh, he's going for the big dogs. Wow. That's right. He's like, I'm going after Nick Saban next. What's
3: he, go, what's, what's he got at USC? Come on.
2: Yeah, beautiful <laughs> beautiful weather, you know, the beach, you know, millions of dollars, you know, probably living right on the water, but hey, come down. Yeah, Ottawa. but they
3: cheat. Those guys cheat, just like Stanford. Did you um, ever watch that, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that uh, application, uh, that that netflix special
2: yeah they cheated to get into usc and was it cal berkeley were the two big ones stanford stanford was the other one stanford's okay.
3: still doing it today still wow. giving uh you know these girls that have never been in a canoe you know <laughs> a canoeing, canoe scholarship canoeing scholarships
2: it's stuff like this so this is a conversation for another day but it's all this crap uh with you know Everything else is going on with higher education that makes almost getting a bachelor's degree any more just like they rip the credibility right out of it, you know, for guys like us that, you know, I have student loan debt. I had to go to college like a real person and study and mom and dad didn't write me a big check to get into school. Like I had to do it on my own. So, and I got the debt to prove it. So, all right, Kyle.
1: University of spoiled children for a reason.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's an appropriate name for sure. So there's not a lot of respect for that institution right now. And I can tell you I've been there. It, it it's all gated up and it's in a horrible part of Los Angeles. UCLA is a lot more beautiful of a campus than USC. So it's quite a bit different. If I was a recruit and the the bad thing though that UCLA has is you gotta drive 40 minutes to go play in their stadium at the Rose Bowl. So yeah. that's what they have that they're working against. So Kyle. They've had the press conference and they announced you're the athletic director for one day. Kirk just retired. you're sitting at your desk and you're going to have one of those, um, delicious beers of yours. What's it called again? Always in your fridge. A little something, something, a little something, something. Okay. You're sipping on a little something, something. You got the pin, you're putting it to paper. Who are the three names you're going to put down?
0: Well, I'm going to go with my first, uh, um, internal hire. And I, I'd have to agree with Phil Parker for obvious reasons. Don't need to go over it again. Yeah. And then my, uh, I think it'd be really cool to see Bilama back here, dude. I think it'd be really cool. I think it'd be really cool. Old B squared, yeah. I think he uh, would love it too. I think he would embrace it. He was a great dude. Um, but uh, doing I, well I, at Illinois, I know he is. I know he is. Know he yeah, is. Uh, yeah. Gosh, what was my other one? I had uh, I had one more, but I forgot what it was for for that. And then uh, promote, to, yeah. It, have someone like Bilama, or like I, I'd like to see like Jim Tressel. I thought I was trust Jim Tressel. Oh man! You know, like make it this big media. Like bring him out of is he in jail or something? I don't know where he's at. No,
2: he's not. Uh-oh. I think he's like the president at Kent State or something. Yeah. Like he's, yeah, he's is he in bring jail? Bring out the vest.
0: Get him. Get someone. Get him. He was. He was great. I, I liked him. He was a good guy.
1: He was yeah. a good coach, and it good was kind of. I mean, with this whole NIL deal, you yeah. know, now you look back at why he got fired from Ohio State, you wouldn't have today. Yeah. And he had that program role, and I that's a good pick. I'm yeah. I get I you, Kyle. And that's then it was, cool. you know,
0: hired Jim Trussell and then my entire uh uh the entire uh Ankeny, uh centennial uh football staff. Oh <laughs> as, there you go.
2: as assistants. I never would have thought of the old sweater vest coming back. Man. Right. Well, that'd have been a good one. That's a good one. I never thought of that. Well,
1: old Jim Trussell coming out <laughs> of the wood. <window.
2: laughs> All right. All right, Kyle, you got a little round of applause there. That was pretty damn good. All right. Well, none of you have aspirations like Marty going after Lincoln Riley, <laughs> uh, one of the highest paid coaches in the country. So get your act together. You guys named off a lot. Some of the ones I was, so I picked a larger list. Cause I'm like, okay, if you guys pick one that I already have, I'm just going to eliminate it from mine and, and add another one. So I'm going to have some ones that are a little bit, a little bit off in the, uh, in the weeds a little bit here. Um, my, my first one is, uh, LeVar Woods and internal promotion. Um, just everything I've read about him and heard about him, the intensity, the positiveness, running a program with that level of accountability and excitement and energy. It, it's attractive to young kids and. I just think that giving him giving him a shot, and you, know, you think, oh, he he hasn't been a coordinator. You don't have to have been a coordinator necessarily to be a head coach. Ryan Day was not a coordinator; he was a positions coach. But they saw something in him that was special, and he's done done a damn good job at Ohio State. So. um Lavar Woods would be my my first internal promotion. I just think that if Phil wanted to be, and, and that's w- within mind that if Phil doesn't want the job, I think we all know that if Phil Parker wanted, wanted the job, that would be his. Um, in his de- to to decline, I just have a guess that he doesn't necessarily have aspirations to be a head coach. It would be very interesting though if he did. Um, my next one is Jamie Chadwell from Co- Coastal Carolina had a ton of ton of success there uh up and coming coach um he's been offered lots of jobs and has not jumped he's waiting for that right gig uh the right one I mean, he's six and one right now uh they play in the sun belt which we love to call the fun belt um probably my favorite conference right now other than the big 10 i love the sun belt that is some fun football if you get a chance to watch the sun belt i think they're playing thursday nights now and then wednesday night maction is back too. mac football on wednesday nights mm-hmm. is i think coming back this week which is one of my favorites. I mean, it's an extra night and I, I love the Mac. I feel like it's Big Ten Junior, I always call it. So getting off on a tangent here. So Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. And then uh my other one is uh Jason Candle from Toledo. Um he has just been very consistent there and done really well, won a few Mac championships, and uh they're in first place in the Mac right now. So he's done really well there. Got a lot of Midwest ties. Followed uh, Matt Campbell there, and has continued to do well. So those are go. my three. I thought about you know, of course, if you could get Lance Leipold, everybody wants him right now. So we would probably end up overpaying for him. <laughs> so um,
1: I guys, looked at Toledo too um, a little yeah. bit. I mean that yeah, it's a it's a good pick.
2: Yeah. So, I don't know. If I could pick one though, I'd be going after Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina if yeah. if I could. That is if I don't have an internal promotion, but I think we need we need some change there. We need to change some things up pretty desperately, whether that, you know, be uh just offensive coordinator, offensive line, but I think we all can agree that there needs to be some changes in Iowa City right now. But it's at that point in this podcast it's the Week 8 Matchups, brought to you by Meyer Electric! Ah, the Week 8 Matchup, brought to you by Meyer Electric! Ah, shockingly, shockingly good service since 1833. Meyer Electric, uh, coming at you. All right, boys. <laughs> Thanks again to Meyer Electric for being such a great, loyal sponsor. Um, I got an email while we were on here that they aren't excited about our um, our new sponsor duty calls and the flatulence that they play for their commercials. So um, duty calls will not be back going forward on the next podcast. That was a one a one and done thing. So, but duty calls, thank you for, you know, the one-time sponsorship for, for that segment. All right, boys, we're, we're moving on now. First game we're going to pick, get ready. It's we're hitting midpoint of the season. This is where champions are made. Who's going to bring home the title? Marty's in the lead. You can't let the rookie win in his first year., okay. <laughs> nah, he might He's on a roll.
3: Purdue. So, how long's it been since I've been called a rookie at anything?
2: <laughs> That's the first <laughs> time for everything, Marty. All right. Well, we'll talk to Karen. She might tell us otherwise. Oh,
0: oh boom.
2: Oh, boom. I'm man, just kidding, oh, man. Man. I'm Karen, just... Karen. Karen, get in here. <laughs> tell the boys how great I am right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love you, Marty. You're the best. All right. Purdue, four and two. The Boilermakers, they just won this weekend. Beat the Huskers looking good. I got that one wrong. Um, going to Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin looked rough. Um, know Jim Le- Jim Leonard's going to get that job or not? Wisconsin's three and three. The game's at two thirty, and uh, Wisconsin's favored by one and a half. So it's essentially a pick'em. Who's going to win Purdue at Wisconsin? Miller light, delight. Who you taking in this one?
1: I after I saw the shootout that they had against uh, Nebraska last or Saturday yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going with Purdue on this one. I just think that uh, the way they're playing offense, and you know the stops that they do get, I just with a pick 'em like this, or you know minus one and a half to Wisconsin. I just can't see Purdue not winning by three or more.
2: Yeah, that's it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough one in Camp Randall. All right, the South. Who you taking? We got the Boilermakers going to Camp Randall to take on the Badgers. The Badgers are a one and a half point favorite.
3: Well, I was kind of up in the air on this one, but since Matt's in last place and he took Purdue, I'm going with Wisconsin.
0: (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, Wisconsin.
3: I think think Wisconsin controls the clock. I Think they keep it on the ground. They're back at home, uh, and I, I, Purdue's a. Who knows what Purdue team shows up. So I think
2: Wisconsin takes this one. You never know what Purdue team's going to show up. They always you know, sit with this coaching regime that they have right now. They'll come out and make it look like the best team in America one week. And then the next week, they look like they're not even going to make a bowl. Kyle, who are you taking in this one? The Boilermakers at the Badgers?
0: I'm taking the Badgers on this one. All right. I'm just not feeling the, I'm not feeling Purdue. Okay.
2: I
1: am. Who They show up for every weekend is when they play Iowa.
2: Mm -hmm, Exactly. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know about Wisconsin, but we'll see. All right. Um, Matt, put me down for a couple Boilermakers. I'm going to go with Purdue in this one. I, uh the world's largest drum it's going to be spinning they're going to bring it in there they're going to bang the hell out of that thing wheel
1: that thing right into the middle of the field.
2: they're going to be going choo choo all the way through with that little locomotive of theirs running through <laughs> remember we jumped on that and we were tailgating matt and took a picture on it oh yep. <laughs> yeah yep. they brought us some jello shots when we were out tailgating so they're, they're, they're a fun group purdue if you want to go to a road game you know until we figure out how to beat them I would suggest going to Purdue. it's a lot of fun, so all right, Matt, Matt's uh cracking a boilermaker himself right now Damn. all they're right on
1: Boilermakers on Sea bass
2: yeah yeah, my buddy sea bass over there they're they're <laughs> on him, um Minnesota four and two. Uh, Gophers laid an egg last week, as well as did Penn State. Penn State five and one. So Minnesota, PJ Fleck, they're going up to Happy Valley. James Franklin is already getting heat on him. Like that fan base is just not in love with him. Uh Penn State five and one. They're favored by four and a half. This one's going to be a six thirty kickoff. Going to turn into a night game in Happy Valley, and that's always mm. intense. Kyle knows that. Maddie, who you taking in this one? The Gophers at the Nitty Lions. Night game in happy valley. Beautiful. Penn State. All right. Florida's
1: kind of hit or miss. You don't know what team's gonna show up for them either now. So uh Penn State's coming off a tough loss from uh Michigan. And I think they're gonna to wanna to prove themselves and get back, you know, back up that top twenty five list again. So I am I'm I'm high on Penn State.
2: Okay. All right. Matt is you and Marty.
1: You gonna take the other one? (laughs) He's
2: he's taunting you now, Marty. This is what he's doing. He is. Don't put up with that. Do it.
3: I I can't. I can't. I think you're right. It's a night game. The fans will be out with their white towels. I hate Penn State. Oh yeah. I despised them last year when I went to Iowa City and watched them fake all those injuries. I hate Penn State, but I think they'll uh, they'll beat Minnesota.
2: All right, kicker the Schlicker, one of our not one of our our favorite kicker in the history of Iowa football. Who are you <laughs> taking in this one, my friend? Penn State, definitely taking Penn State. Penn State. All right, uh, put me down for a Nittany line as well, Matt. I'm going to go with the old Penn Staters. I think they're going to. I think they're going to take this one. Just too much talent, Minnesota might've been playing with a fake ID. Did you see Minnesota just set up? I think it starts next year, a home and home with Alabama.
1: Yeah. I saw that's that crazy. Uh, Man, it's it's that's a ways cold. out. I don't think it's next year. I think it's I, like 10 years from now.
2: I thought it said 2023. I swear. Maybe I saw it wrong. I thought it said 20. I could be wrong though. I think but, um, that's
3: right. I think it was 2033.
2: <laughs> okay. Maybe I read it wrong then. Okay. Yeah. It's oh, out there right. a ways. Well, like who Some people were saying who the heck knows what
1: Alabama's even gonna be like after Sabin leaves in yeah. whatever, ten years.
2: I uh, who knows what either one of those will be like at that point. That could be No Fleck might not even be there, who knows? I mean, what most coaches don't make it that long. So um I I'd say odds are probably not. He either gets fired or does well enough that he gets a bigger job. So right. um, all right. Where are we at now? I got totally off base on this one. We're, we're picked in. We're locked in on that one. So that one's done. We're moving on. We got Indiana having another rough go of it. They're three and four right now. Coach is on the hot seat in Bloomington. They're traveling up to the armpit of America, Piscataway, New Jersey, to play Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers is a three-point favorite in this one. It's going to be an 11 a.m. kickoff at the Jersey Shore. Matt, who are you taking in this one? Indiana or Rutgers? Um, uh,
1: they they uh, played Maryland well enough for us to all pick that one wrong against the spread. I mean, Maryland did win, but uh, the spread was big enough. So I'm actually going with Indiana on this one. Rutgers has struggled uh, this year in certain games. I think Indiana's offensive firepower gets the job done. It is uh you know not not a huge spread on it so
2: mm.
1: i think All that, right. i think they
2: can get it done Uh marty did you know that uh, i can't believe this is true that rutgers has not won a big 10 game at home since joining the conference what yeah can you believe that i, I they brought they brought up that stat when they were playing nebraska and they, they were like, oh, Rutgers is going to get their first Big Ten home win in conference play uh, since joining the conference. I'm like, wait, what? They haven't won a home game in the Big Ten? And think about it. They've been horrible since they've been in the Big Ten. I think they have squeaked out a couple road wins periodically yeah. over the years. But I could not believe they haven't won a game at home in conference since joining the joining the conference now. If I'm wrong on this, let me know, but I, re- I vividly remember them saying that during the broadcast against Nebraska. Um, it also was maybe about four or five Tito's deep at that point, but I'm pretty sure I remember. Um, Marty, who you taking in this one? The Hoosiers against the Scarlet Knights, the Rutgers favored by three.
3: Well, I'm going opposite a loser, and I'm going to take Rutgers.
2: Oh, man. man. <laughs> man.
3: Take that. Rooker's Rutger, wow. at Game home.
2: Calling Marty. <laughs> Marty's getting ornery. Oh,
1: That's rough, man.
2: <laughs> Marty, again, you're showcasing why you're one of my favorite human beings on the planet Earth. All right, Kyle, who are you going to be picking in this one?
0: I've got Indiana.
2: Okay. Going to go with the Hoosiers on this one.
0: I got some good friends of mine that went there and were there when I was there. And I ended up, you know, in the future, working with them and becoming great friends. And so it's nice to see, you know, and this particular guy, you could probably look him up, Kenny Kendall. He was uh, number 92. He's a defensive lineman for Indiana. When we played, there's a picture of him, like, coming this close to blocking one of my uh, extra points. Um, but I ended up uh, working with him at Naval Special Warfare for, like, six, seven years. Great dude. Now cool. he's on the Chicago SWAT.
2: Nice. Very cool. Indiana is a fun place to go. Love it is. Bloomington was fun. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Matt, put me down for Rutgers. I'm going to take Rutgers in this one. I've watched both teams play this year. I feel like Rutgers is on the rise. The record's not Indicate not really uh, showing that right now, but I think uh, Rutgers is more of a stable football team right now. Indiana went through the approach like Nebraska did. Indiana about half their rosters transfers from other schools, so they're a little bit of the island of misfit toys, and it is hard to get a team to gel when you have that many transfers. Um, so I'm I'm going to I'm going to go with the Scarlet Knights. All right, all right, guys. The next one on the docket got the Northwestern Wildcats. They're going to be wearing Kyle's favorite color to Maryland. The purple people eaters are going to be going up to Maryland. Maryland's favored by 13 and a half. Maryland's five and two. Northwestern is again, terrible. So they're bad this year. They're probably going to win the West next year. That's usually what they do. Um, Matt Northwestern one and five at Maryland. Who's five and two Maryland's favored by 13 and a half. Who are you taking in this? Yeah, one? that's a
1: lot of points. Um, it's a lot of points. But Northwestern is struggling pretty bad. Um, Maryland has been playing well. I think they're gonna get it
2: done. Okay. Maryland. Yeah, taking the fighting turtles. Fighting All right. turtles. Oh Those geez. Go. Why am I having a hard time remembering? It? Who is the Mar- what's the Maryland coach's name again? He's only been there a couple of years. You
1: and me both.
2: Oh, geez. He's doing a great job. He's a Maryland alum. He was an assistant at Alabama. Um, Mike Loxley, that's his name, um, doing a great job. And that, again, you never know when you bring a guy in if it's going to be a great hire or not. You know, I thought when they hired him, like, okay, that was a bad hire. They're not going to do well. He's proven me wrong, proven a lot of other people wrong, too. So. Um, they're in the right direction. All right, it's time for the sauce. Marty, who are you taking on this one? Northwestern at Maryland.
3: Surprisingly, I think Matt chose one right, so I'm going to go with Maryland.
2: Gonna I'm going to go with
3: Maryland. It's a lot of points, but I, 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 I think Northwestern's spiraling, so
2: I'm okay. going with Maryland. All right, Kyle, Matt's getting bit beaten pretty beat, getting beat down. Getting, getting beaten up pretty bad on this podcast by the sauce. Now, who are you taking in this one, the Wildcats at the Turtles?
0: You know, I don't know much about Maryland. Um, I just think it's really weird that they're in the Big 10, but uh I'm going to take Maryland on this. I mean, that point spread I, I don't know if they're going to cover it, but it says something. There's people smarter than us making those numbers. So it yeah. must mean something. Good, good point. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Ve- Vegas wins a lot more than they lose. So That's something that we need to remember. They, well, they wouldn't win. be there
1: still if they yeah. lost.
2: Look at how beautiful all those buildings are down there and everything that they have. They they built that on losers like us. So <laughs> that's, that's where that comes. So. Losers like me. So, um, right, Marty, it's That's not over right. yet. If, if you come back and beat him, Matt, you better run your mouth so much to and That
3: would be different from when?
2: Yeah. Well, touche bring that. We're going to get, when you get that belt and you win, I want you to wear it around Marty. Every time you see it, bless you, big boy. Um, you. you're going to have to have him polish it for you and everything if, if you end up winning. So, um, that's going to be fun. All right, um, Matt, uh, to put me down for Maryland. I'm going to be taking Maryland in this one. I just, I think Maryland's a much better football team right now. And uh, we're moving on to our final pick of the week, the biggest game in the United States of America. It might set college football back another 100 years. It is the Iowa Hawkeyes traveling Duke-Columbus to the Horseshoe. To play the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, are a Hawkeye and a Buckeye related? I don't think so. Ohio State six and zero. This game's at 11 a.m. Ohio State is favored by 29 points. (laughs) Woo! I don't even think we've scored 29 points all season. Hardly. Um, Gonna give you guys close once. I think. Now I'm gonna gonna give you guys. even scored two touchdowns. (laughs) I'm going to give you guys some stats here, okay? Because I want you to have the most informed pick you possibly can going into this one because we're rabid Hawkeye fans, okay? We're critical of some things, okay? That's fine. doesn't make us bad fans. We love the Hawks. But our hearts and our love for the black and gold clouds our judgment sometimes when we make picks. Sometimes? It's just, it's just a lot of times, most of the time, maybe all the time. I don't know, Okay speaking for myself so i'm gonna give you some stats just to give you a little background of what we're walking into here um one of the largest stadiums in division one college football it's gonna be rocking it's gonna be loud big nuts gonna be there with his face painted his buckeyes around his neck everyone's gonna be crazy it's gonna be loud beers are gonna be slinging it's gonna be a lot of fun matt and i are not gonna be there we're we're staying in the Nebraska Hawks nest. We're gonna hide because we're not gonna go to that public lashing that we'll get there. We're 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 sitting this one out. Um right now the Iowa Hawkeyes are averaging fourteen point seven points a game, which is I believe dead last in division one college football. The Ohio State Buckeyes are averaging forty eight point eight points a game. When I see that stat that makes me want to puke. That's like, I I need some Tums. I don't feel good. It's bad. Um, (laughs) Iowa, Iowa. the university of Iowa Hawkeye football program, we're averaging uh, overall 238 yards a game. Um, the Ohio state Buckeyes are averaging 539. I'm not good at math, but I know that's a big difference in numbers. That's a large number. (laughs) That's a Yeah. Um, and then Iowa passing yards, we're averaging 156 and a half passing yards a game. Now this one looks like a larger number coming from, um, Ohio state. Ohio state averages 316 passing yards a game to our 156 and a half. Now again, that sounds like a lot more. Um, Iowa, 82 rushing yards a game, 82 rushing yards a game. That's. We're not even going to go there. We know what that is. Ohio State's 228 rushing yards a game. So that's what we're going into here, boys. Um, Who are we taking right now? The Miller Light Delight. Iowa, three and three, going to Columbus. Ohio State's favored by 29. It's a lot of points.
1: Um, With my Iowa Hawkeye clouded judgment. I am going to put my money on the defense, keeping it under that spread. Okay. Yeah, they're good enough, I think, that they're going to hold them. As long as they don't get so tired from so many three and outs, which is probably going to happen, Yeah. But they just can't do it anymore. But I'm taking Iowa against those points. They're going to be fired up to go in there. They're, they know it's a big game. It is at Ohio State. There's gonna be a lot of noise in their in their face, but uh yeah. I'm I'm picking I'm I'm putting my money on the defense and special teams to uh keep it closer than twenty nine yeah. points.
2: All right. The sauce himself. Who are you taking in this one? You've been to Ohio State, you know what they what they bring to the table. You know what that environment's like. Yeah, a,
3: it was an eleven o'clock
2: game too. Tell us, who are you mm. taking in this one? The Buckeyes are favored by 29, 11 a.m. kickoff. Do you guys, did you guys see what channel is this one on? Uh,
3: I don't know. Telemundo? I'll
2: no. find out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, Sauce, who are you, who you taking in this one?
3: Uh, I'm going opposite of Matt. Um, I think this is the post-game uh, interview that Kirk's going to have to answer questions because – I don't think it's going to be even close to 29. Uh Ohio State remembers that I'm sure if they don't remember they will remind everyone about the 55-24 lashing in Iowa City in 2017. Yeah. So I'm going with Ohio State and I think I think they're going to they're going to beat up my my Hawkeyes by 40 to 45 points. <laughs> I think it's going to be an absolute blowout.
2: All right. Kyle who are you taking on this one by the way? It's on Fox, ooh national national TV. Yep. yep. All right. Well, you Kyle. guys,
0: you guys know I hate Ohio State with a passion. Um, I
2: never would have guessed that from the picture you sent me of you flipping off the Ohio State logo. I just that's shocking.
0: Yeah, that, yeah. It's uh, anyway. It, it's a great city, but uh, great city to be, you know take your kids to. But anyway, you know, again, all the stats, I get it. My clouded judgment. I have a feeling that this is going to be a history maker for Iowa. I think this is going to be one we talk about for many years.
1: A history maker,
0: really? So you're going to Iowa? I am going to Iowa. Whoa!
2: What? Oh man! What,
3: what kind of medication are you on? Because I want some,
2: <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> what, what you think? You think the Hawks are going to pull out the win, or just come in in the spread within the spread?
0: I think they're gonna uh, they're gonna pull out the win. I mean, I think that you know they're gonna get it done somehow, some way. I don't know. I'm just feeling it, man.
1: I love the positive energy. <laughs> I love the positive I love energy. Oh, they're gonna have to score points on offense.
0: Hey, I'm an I, you guys. I'm an optimistic realist. I
1: All understand
0: right. science. I understand sat, stats, but I'm just feeling this one, man.
1: ESPN has us as a 4.5 percent
2: win opportunity so you're saying there's a chance so
1: what's all this one in a million talk
2: yeah exactly. <laughs> what's all that one in a million talk all right kyle i i love it you know i love it i love the the little bit of positivity you might be certifiably insane but I, lo- <laughs> I, I love you for it um so I,
3: I still want to know what he takes in the evening yeah, maybe when we get off the podcast he can let you know.
2: Sure. Um I'm going to be hungover
1: from last weekend.
2: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We've all been there. Let's yes, sir. Woo! All right. Yeah, Adam. I'll tell you a trick that's helped me a lot. I mix water in with the titos and man, I feel way better the next day. <laughs> that's a big big difference. It was a game changer for me. A
0: hydration key.
2: Yes, very much so. Uh, I'm going with Ohio State in this one. Um I, I think the defense is going to hold them periodically throughout the game. I, I tend to think like when game are the first drive of the game, I feel like we let them get away with a lot more than we normally do. So we can kind of see their hand and see what they're going to be running, you know, and how the flow is going to go. And the, I feel like almost every possession this year, they either get down to the red zone, or kick a field goal, you know, something they get down there and get a lot of progress, but I think we're going to buckle up. And, you know, the defense is going to stay strong for us. The offense probably isn't going to do anything. Uh, let's be honest. It's Ohio State. We can't even open up holes against South Dakota State. You know, we're not going to be able to do that. I mean, let's be honest. The The miracle that Kyle talks about. I hope it happens. That'd be amazing. That'd be so cool to see. But I just think we're going to break and the floodgates are going to open and the defense is going to get exhausted. And they have some thoroughbreds uh, at running back and at wide receiver that we're just not going to be able to cover. And they're going to unleash on us. And like Matt said, they're going to talk about the woodshed game. They're going to bring that up. I bet that's been pinned up in the locker room all week. They're coming off a bye week too. So they've had two weeks to prepare for us. So – you know, look for this one to be a rough go of it, but I hope we do pull it out. So, all right, boys. Any big plans for the game this weekend? Marty, you're going to Florida, right? Yeah. Marty's making,
3: watching that. I'll be watching that disaster from a disaster area.
2: <laughs> Matt, uh, Marty's making the trip to Del Boca Vista and he's going to be down there living the the luxury retirement life, which I am aiming to accomplish someday again like i always say i want to be marty when i grow up um kyle you got any big plans selling homes cashing checks breaking necks
0: yeah that's pretty much it man um i kind of fly by the seat of my pants too my wife is the master scheduler so i don't know what's going on tomorrow other than i'm gonna be doing real estate stuff but (laughs) i typically find out in the morning
2: all right all right (laughs) and then um I just want to make a public service announcement that the Miller Light Delight will be coming to Nebraska, and he will be live in the Nebraska Hawks Nest. So um, we might be hitting the Live from Omaha
1: in the Nebraska Hawks Nest, the Miller Light Delight.
2: Yeah. So we might be hitting the – you know what? I'll tell you what. If we do win this game, we'll probably go downtown or go out and we're going to – Party like we won the national championship. So Marty, you might have to call him bail us out. Okay.
3: I was going to say, sh- shocking.
2: you Yeah, two. yeah. yeah. <laughs> wanna, Can we calling like to- a
1: friend if we get thrown in the clink.
2: Yeah, yeah. we better. Sure. All right, guys, oh, let's beat the let's beat the Buckeyes this week. All right. All go right, Hawks, All right,
0: go Hawks.